Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and did the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you do not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You've probably heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words. For me, I'm not always so concerned about what people say, as much as how it is that they live out their values and live out what's important to them. When I hear the phrase, actions speak louder than words, what I hear is a a grace-filled invitation to be intentional with the way that I live, of how it is that who God has created me to be as a child of God and my purpose, which is to love all and serve all, how I can weave that into the fabric of every aspect of my life every moment of of how I bring my words and actions into one as a way of being in the world. This is hard work, but it's the holy work that we are called to do as we journey down this path of spirit-filled transformation. But I'm sure we've all had a similar experience. I I call this an experiment of dis, uh, experience of disillusionment where we we have someone that we admire or we look up to, someone that we are in relationship with, we're close to, and they speak a good word, right? They know the right words to say, but when it comes to living out those words, when it comes to actualizing them, there's a disconnect. And this can be a painful experience, especially if this is a person who, who had a, we looked up to and we admired them because now their integrity is brought into question because their words and their actions don't align. We might feel a little off kilter, especially if they're a person that had authority in our life. Now, authority, did you know, I didn't know this until recently, that authority is given. 
Now, power is, is taken, right? And it's lorded over people in order to control. But authority is given. So people and past experiences and the stories that we tell ourselves only have authority because we've given it to them. In today's gospel reading, there's a authority struggle going on, if you will, for lack of a better word. The chief priest and the elders want to undermine Jesus's authority. Now, prior to this story, Jesus has triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. He's cleansed the temple. He's been healing people. And why is it that Jesus has authority? That's a good question. Because he does what he says he is going to do. You see, Jesus didn't just talk about the reign of God. He embodied, he is the reign of God, fully living as the son of God he was created to be. He didn't just talk about loving and serving. He lived that. He loved all, he served all, he fed the hungry, he healed the sick, he excluded no one. He drew all people together in God united as one. And so Jesus had authority. Now the chief priest and the elders on the other hand, they were people who had power. They had taken this power and they were holding it over the people as a way to control them so they could keep this hierarchical system of, of them being at the top and everyone else being at the bottom. And they were afraid that their power was going to be taken away, their control of the people. And so they started to ask Jesus a series of questions to try to see if they could, they could undermine who he is and his mission in the world. And of course, in typical Jesus fashion, he doesn't answer their question, but he asks them a question in return. And of course, the chief priests and the elders, they know that if they were to answer this question either way, what would happen? is that they would lose. And so what Jesus does next is he tells this parable because the chief priest and the elders remain silent. And in this parable at first read, it seems kind of simple, like not too much going on, but when you look really deeper and you add it into the context of what's going on, what happens is that Jesus changes the script. He then starts questioning the power of the chief priest and the elders because what they're doing is they're not living into the reign of God. Their words and their actions aren't aligning together. There's a disconnect there. They're not living God's love and life. And so through this parable of the, the landowner who has the two sons, Jesus is showing that it is God who has ultimate authority in our lives. Who has authority in your life? It's a question that I think all of us need to be asking. I know I've been thinking a lot about it this week as to who or to whom or to what I give authority in my life. I'd like to say that it's always God, right? But it doesn't always work that way. I think we give a lot of authority to the world and to the world's story, right? The world talks a great game, doesn't it? It says that if we just climb up the corporate ladder, no matter who we step on to get there, if we accumulate wealth and if we hoard for ourselves, if we say yes to the rat race and make sure that every single hour of our day is booked and scheduled and that we're busy, it says if we just buy that bigger house or that better car or that newer gadget, the world says that if we do all of those things, then we will be successful and happy and filled. But we know that's not the case. If we follow that, if we live into the world's story, what happens is that we don't experience life. We experience death. We become anxious 
stressed out, depressed, fearful, always yearning, always desiring for something more, never fulfilled, wondering there's got to be more to life than this. You see, the world talks a good game, but when it comes to actualizing the promises that the world makes, it's all a lie. And so the world doesn't actually have any authority or claim over our lives. Another place, I think, though, too, that we give a lot of authority to are our past experiences and the stories that make us human. Right? I like to call these old tapes. If you're too young and you don't know what a tape is, ask your parents, ask somebody, they'll tell you what a tape is. But there are these old tapes that play over and over and over and over again. And I know that we can draw on some beautiful, wonderful, fabulous experiences. I know that we all have those, but so often the ones that we latch onto are the traumatic experiences, the ones full of pain and brokenness. Those are the stories that, that, we, that we kind of hold on to. Now, don't get me wrong. These experiences that I've had have shaped me and they've made me who I am today, right? They're part of my story. And God didn't cause those things to happen, but I believe because our God is a God of new life, that God can move in and through those experiences to bring me and the world to a place of new life. But what happens is that we let these stories, these tapes, these past experiences define who we are. We begin to think that we are what we do or we are what has happened to us or maybe we are the things that we didn't do. And when we allow those stories to control us, what happens is we get, we get stuck in the past, so much so that we're unable to step into God's future, which is present in the here and now. And then we get stuck, unable to fully realize our potential as children of God for the sake of the life of the world. When we begin to define ourselves by these things, we're stuck. And then these stories, they begin to lie to us. They tell us, well, you're not fill in the blank. You're not enough. You'll never meet up to the expectations. You're damaged goods. You're too broken. And we begin to spiral down and down and down and down and doubt who it is that God has created and formed and shaped and molded us to be for the sake of the life of the world. I was reminded though last week, Pastor Jay was talking about grace, right? how grace is a, a free gift. There's nothing we can do to earn or merit it. God doesn't keep score. God doesn't keep score. God doesn't define us by what we do or by what we haven't done. God doesn't define us by our past experiences. You see, we're the ones that give those things authority. If we're still bitter or still angry or still frustrated, it's because we've allowed those things to have authority in our lives. But that's not how God defines us. You see, God has claimed and named us as God's beloved children. And there's nothing we can do to make God love us any more or any less. God has ultimate authority in our lives. Why? Because God always does what God says God will do. God promises to always be with us through the ups and the downs of life. God promises to always be bringing about new life. God always promises to love us. 
And these aren't just empty words. This is who God is, the very being of God, love and goodness, grace and mercy. And if you have any concerns or doubts about that, look no further than the empty tomb. We said no to God by nailing the Son of God to a cross. But God continued to say yes to us by raising Jesus from the dead. And it's through that promise of the empty tomb that we know that life and love win. And it's through that empty tomb that we can trust and place our whole lives and selves into the arms of our Creator God, who doesn't define us by what we do or what we haven't done or our experiences, but where we find our true identity and purpose rooted and grounded in Christ as children of God, beloved children of God, who have been created to be vessels and conduits and channels of God's life and love for the world. So I want you to remember this. Remember this parable we were just talking about where Jesus is, is telling about the, the landowner, right? He has the two sons and there's that one son who initially said no, but then he changed his mind. You know what? There's hope for us. We can always change our mind. We can change our mind on who or what or the things that we're giving authority to and say, no longer will I be defined by my past, right? Or the things that I regret or the things that have happened to me. Because so often the way that we define ourselves through those put, those, put us in direct conflict with who God says we are. And when we allow ourselves to enter into that spirit-filled discernment, we are set free. We're set free from all that holds us back so that we can set others free, right? So that all people can live as the children of God they are created to be. So my prayer for us as a community of faith is that we will have the spirit-filled discernment to know what is of God and what is not of God that we will be rooted and grounded in our identity in Christ, knowing that God has created us. We are beautiful, wonderful, amazing creations of God, the stuff made of stars, and that God formed and shaped us and called us into being and breathed into us for such a time as this. And through this freedom that we have experienced, may we go out and set others free so that all people may know they are beloved and cherished children of God. May we go set others free so that all may experience real life. Amen.